Well, the Apostle Paul, dear brothers and sisters, wrote some words that are loved by us all. He said, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So, every time we open the Bible, we strengthen our faith and hope in God and in his purpose, for we learn of God's ways. We are to explore this theme together for a while. In the first of Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says concerning Israel's history, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So there's a lesson for us straight away to not fall after the pattern of God's people Israel. And also in Jeremiah chapter 2 we read the word, there's no need to turn to it, God says, Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing, that evil thing and bitter, that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord of hosts. So once that fear and reverence for God goes, then of course we are in danger. And also, Jeremiah 44, we have read some words, again, no need to turn to it, concerning how Israel failed to serve God. They didn't want to know or keep his commandments. They didn't believe in him. And yet, we find that hard to understand. But there's a warning for us, nevertheless, that we should fear God and keep his commandments. And in that 44th chapter, verse 4 and 5, it says to us, How be it, I sent into you all my servants the prophets, rising early and sending them and saying, O oh, do not this abominable thing that I hate, but they hearken not, nor incline the ear to turn from their wickedness to burn incense to other gods. So there we have God's people who seemed almost determined, if we can use that word, to go opposite to what God has said. Again, let us beware, because it's easy to read and say, well, look at them. But let's look at ourselves. So this, then, is the reason why we read the Scriptures, to help us to avoid the evil and choose the good. First Corinthians 10 also says, Now all these things happened to them for in samples, and they were written for our admonition or instruction upon whom the ends of the world or the age are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now these scriptures they're not meant to be negative but rather to make us think and be positive. To counter this danger of lest we fall let us listen to some words of the Apostle Paul. And knowing he said that the time is now it is an and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. 
The wonder of the scriptures is that the words spoken so long ago in a different age are just as relevant today. Yes, everything God says applies to all his people, except it be in, in matters of procedure which were required, for instance, under the law of Moses. It is also relevant that just as in the past we should listen carefully to the message of God because although it's in different forms basically it doesn't alter. So we listen now to some other words of the Apostle Paul and he's talking about our hope in Israel because we're joined to Israel's hope. So let's just turn to Romans chapter 11 and see what he has to tell us. Romans chapter 11 and read it, verse 19. He's talking there about the fact that Israel had not obeyed God, and we've read of that in our readings, haven't we? So, Romans 11, 19 and 22, Paul shows the consequences of their falling, and also our redemption because of their fall, yet that we've still got to take heed lest we fall. Romans chapter 11 then, verse 19, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and now standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold therefore the goodness and the severity of God. On them which fell severity but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off out of the olive tree which is well by nature, and wert grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. So the lesson there is obvious for all of us. We stand before God with thankful hearts that he has grafted us in to the hope of Israel. Now these thoughts take us to the time of Jeremiah the prophet and, and the Jeremiah the prophet and priest to one of the troubled periods of Israel's history. Remember these things were written for our learning, so what we read in Jeremiah in general can apply to ourselves as well. Jeremiah's words give us hope for the future, as we shall see. So we're just going to look at things in general in the prophet Jeremiah. We think of Jeremiah 29 at the time of the exile. Jeremiah sent a letter to those who were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem to Babylon with Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Also, we believe that at that time, Ezekiel the prophet was one of those taken at that time, at that time period, along with Daniel the prophet. Now, Jerusalem was besieged and fell with great suffering. Some were taken captive others were left in Jerusalem. But Jeremiah stayed in the broken city. 
Zedekiah was made king under oath not to be disloyal to Babylon. A letter that Jeremiah sent said that God had caused the exile to Babylon. They were told to settle there peaceably for 70 years. Then God would cause the captives to return in peace to Jerusalem and the land again, and things would be rebuilt. And this happened through Cyrus, through Ezra and Nehemiah. This was to demonstrate that he was in control and he demanded their obedience, just as he demands ours. This prefigured God's ultimate purpose to bless Israel according to the promises. For he will bring them not only from Babylon, from captivity, but then from the north, from the south, and the east, and the west. And Jeremiah has much to say about this in his prophecy. But many false teachers arose to deny Jeremiah's predictions from God and to deny that Babylon would destroy Jerusalem and those not in exile who dwelt in Jerusalem. This would happen if they rebelled against Babylon and sought self-rule. That word rebellion is interesting because we can be rebellious sometimes. Let's just think about that. We should never rebel against what God has said, even though we can't even always understand what God has done things why God has done things to us. But God assures us that everything is for our eternal good. Anyway, both the things which God spoke about the 70 years were fulfilled in exile and Israel returned to the land according to God's word. Also, the temple and Jerusalem were destroyed at that time because of the inhabitants who dwelt there. They rebelled against God and against Babylon. And again, we've read about that in our readings today. God's word never fails. Behold, his goodness and severity. And that's a very important point. Behold, his goodness and severity. Yes, God's love is unfathomable. But also we must remember that he is a God of judgment for those who disobey him. And so we can rejoice in our God if we strive to follow his example and the things that he has asked us to do. Those in exile never forgot their land or Jerusalem. As witness we remember those wonderful words in one of the Psalms where they were lamenting that they were in captivity and they remembered the things of their own land and their own country. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they carried us away captive. They required of us a song, and they that wasted us required us Mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Yes, Israel longed for the land which they had left, and yet they had brought it upon themselves. They were willingly disobedient, and we notice that all the way through scriptures, God doesn't punish for the sake of it, it's only for those who were willingly disobedient, just as Israel were. And in a way, we can take comfort from that. Because if we fail to serve God through weakness, 
then God's hand is stretched out for us. But if we rebel, then that is a different matter. So here then, we see the longing for God's word given by such as Jeremiah and the prophets and the bitterness against Babylon. All those who rebel would be punished. In contrast, those who, who like Ebed-Edom, will be blessed. In Jeremiah 39, again, there's no need to turn to this, we read how God blessed Ebed-Edom because he had done that which is right, and it's a prime example. And we read, Go speak to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the man of whom thou art afraid. For I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fail, not fall by the sword. But thy life shall be a prey unto thee, Note these words, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. So there's an exhortation for us. Here is a contrast for us to think about. God will bless the obedient. That is a certainty. Speaking of trust, we read some beautiful words given First of all to Israel and then for us. And perhaps we can turn to this one. Jeremiah chapter 29 and read verses 10 to 14. We'll read them first of all as given to Israel and then we'll note that a lot of it can still apply to us. Jeremiah 29 verse 10 to 14. And for what it's worth, it's some of my favourite one of my favourite verses or collection of verses. And these things, don't forget, are written for our admonition. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 14. Thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. That was exclusively for Israel. And then he says some words which we can take to ourselves. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Then he goes on to say for Israel, and I will turn away your captivity, and will gather you from the nations and from all places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. That is, of course, back to Jerusalem and the promised land. So this is the hope of Israel. What can we say to such things? Well, we can bow the head and worship our God who has loved us so much as well as Israel, his people. Indeed, because we belong to his people. Sometimes we find difficulty in comprehending God's ways, but here we are 
as the hymn says, lost in wonder, love and praise. Is that our heart, brethren and sisters? It should be because God has done so much for us and will do so much for us. How do we know we can take such things to ourselves? As Gentiles, we have not been promised the land of Canaan in particular as our inheritance, but we have been promised to be partakers of the blessings of all nations in the promises given to Abraham. And although the land has not been promised to us, yet no doubt we shall be able to rejoice in Israel's blessings. So let us think of the following. Now, we're going to read a few words from the Epistle to the Ephesians, and you can turn to this if you wish. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, where we read the following words. Ephesians chapter 2, and reading verse 11. Um, we are being shown the fact that God has called us to be of his people, to be blessed if we do those things that are right. And these are well-known words, but that makes them in some ways more powerful because they're so beautiful. Ephesians chapter 2, reading of verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ." For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law and commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both to God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were nigh. So peace has been preached to each one of us. Also, Peter says, concerning our estate, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar or special people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into, the marvelous, into his marvellous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So that is how God has worked things. And here we are, brethren and sisters, as Gentiles, joined to the hope of Israel. Paul also tells us in Galatians, Know ye therefore that they which be of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, and the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentile, Gentiles through faith, preached the gospel to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Just think of that, brethren and sisters. 
God is going to bless us abundantly in the future if we keep his commandments and if we strive to serve him even when things seem to go against us and make us sad. So all doubts about our position have been dispelled. We belong to the hope of Israel. We are the seed of Isaac, the children of promise. How wonderful, brethren and sisters. Do we believe it? You might think that's a strange question, but we've got to ask ourselves. It's all very well reading about it and saying how lovely it is, but do we really believe it? It is beautiful to think about, but in the realities of life, do we still hold firm to that which is written? There's so many things can distract us and take us away, unless we have a concrete love of God in our hearts. We recall to mind Elijah the prophet and of Baal. You know the record well. The idea was to turn the hearts of the people of Israel to God, that they might believe in him instead of in Baal. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day, said Elijah, that thou art God in Israel. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. The burnt sacrifice was accepted by fire from above and the people turned to God, at least for the time. The words from Mendelssohn's Elijah say, If with all your heart ye truly seek him, ye shall ever surely find him. And this is the theme of our exhortation now. We must seek God and we give him the assurance if we do that, we will find him. There's no ifs or buts. We will find God if we seek for him. It is the theme of the words of Jeremiah to Israel in chapter 29 at the time of the exile. Remember those words, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you. These are the words written for you and me. Ye shall find me when ye search for me. So we've got to do our part. Whether in sorrow or in joy, happiness or despair, in hours of loneliness, God is there for us if we, for our part, look for him. We could say it's a two-way thing. It is not always easy to do this when dark clouds cover the sky, yet this, his hand is stretched out for us if we will take it. This is the aspect of God we should always search for, even when we do not fully understand everything about him, because we are but dust. I must admit I sometimes struggle, but at the end of the day, we're in the hands of God. Besides, there's little help from man. And again, Jeremiah has the appropriate and wonderful words which we all know about and they're so apt and to the point when he said thus saith the Lord cursed be the man that trusteth in man that maketh the flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord 
For he shall be like the heath in a desert, and shall not see good, and not see, and not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places of the wilderness, in a salt land not inhabited. I'm sure we can get the meaning of those words or the feeling for them. And then he goes on to say, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And then we are brought up with a jerk, as it were. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give to every man according to his ways, and according to the fruit of his doings. So Jeremiah again has come up with some wonderful words. So these words are all about trust. What to trust in and what not to trust in, and what to hope for. When we look around this present world, we know that despite all the good intentions of men, we can't trust in the politicians or the world leaders, however hard they seem to try. But the world is really, if you think carefully about it, it really is in a mess. So we can't trust in man. So let us search for God and we will find him. And some words from the second of Chronicles might help us. And perhaps we can turn to this one. Second of Chronicles chapter 15. Some words which are rather, again, um, rather beautiful. Second of Chronicles 15 verse 1 to 7. We were at the time that Azariah was going forth to battle, and this is what he said. Second of Chronicles 15, verses 1 to 7. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. There's that same message again. Now, for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Same message. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. These words were not written just to fill a space. They were written for our learning as well as that of Israel, as all the Old Testament scriptures are. They follow this, our theme of searching or seeking for God. We shall find him in the scriptures and God will reward us for so doing.
Jeremiah himself shall find redemption because he searched for God and he found him. Jeremiah, chapter 32, was told to purchase a field in Anathoth, in Jerusalem. In actual fact, it was a suburb of Jerusalem, more or less, where he came from, which was his inheritance. The evidences of purchase and witness were sealed in an earthen vessel to be preserved for many days, the scriptures tell us. Although the land was to suffer many wars, yet in the future, even after the return from exile, even later than that, Jeremiah will claim his lot in the land of Israel. When men shall claim their inheritance, and the land shall rejoice, such things again are written for our learning. This was Jeremiah's hope, the hope of Israel, our hope. Only through Jesus Christ can he be raised from the dead to claim his inheritance. And I'm sure he will claim it. So we share the same hope for the future, the hope of all nations blessed in the promised seed. We recall these things made possible in the symbolism of the bread and the wine and all that it tells us of. And we are again to take Jeremiah's words in that 29th chapter and read them again. Jeremiah chapter, nine, chapter 29 verse 11 to 14. And I think you'd agree that they are a wonderful way to conclude our remarks. So forgive me for reading them again because they are a treasure for each one of us. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 to 14. And let us take them with us and keep them with us. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And we can trust in that.